Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. If the first four feasts of Israel reveal the first coming of the Messiah, what are the mysteries hidden in the last three feasts of Israel? Could we have the revelation of the exact order and situation of his return? Well, I know one person that I want to ask this of, and he is my guest. I want him to break the code of the mysteries of the seven feasts of Israel, Perry Stone. Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Are there hidden forces of darkness trying to block God's blessings for your life? Do angels exist, providing us with supernatural protection? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Is God ready to bring a tsunami wave of healing onto planet Earth today? Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural! There is an angel that has passed down in your family from generations, and recently he's been showing up in your meetings. What's been happening? When you said that, every hair on my body stood up. Um, it, it started happening. I saw him stepping out of a wall, literally, in Roanoke, Virginia, age 18, at a campground. And it scared me so bad I fell to my knees. But my dad had told me about seeing him in Arlington, Virginia, Fillmore Avenue Church of God, with a sword. There were three men coming against my father. And the angel took the sword and touched the pew where those three men, and all three men fell under judgment two weeks. And uh, because you can't come against true, godly, holy men of God and get by with it. And so my dad would always pray that he would be with me when he passed, that that same presence and angel of God be with me. Perry, mm -hmm. I want you to just briefly explain the, the hidden code in each of the first four feasts, just okay. briefly. Briefly, okay. Passover was the exodus in, in, uh, of the, of where the, they took the blood of the lamb, put it on the doorpost. God protected them from death and healed their bodies. That was fulfilled with Jesus Christ, who was crucified near the Passover season, was placed in the ground, and with his stripes on his back, we are healed. There's the healing of the lamb of the Old Testament, the imagery. And redemption from death came through his crucifixion. Unleavened bread is that they did not have the time to put the leaven in the bread, but leaven represents sin. So Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua, was in the tomb during the season of unleavened bread. And that represents to us that once we come to Him through the redemptive covenant of Passover, through His blood, then we're able to be sanctified or separated from the sin nature and the sin life. And then we come to the time of first fruits, where, which is, this is amazing, we have Passover, you have unleavened bread, you have first fruits. Now here's what that means. 
When the first fruits of the barley were taken to the temple, to the priest, it meant the rest of the field was sanctified to God. So when Jesus took the Old Testament saints out of the chamber under the earth, and he took them to heaven to present them at the heavenly temple to his Father, and this is all in the Bible, it means that all the other dead in Christ will one day be raised and taken to heaven because the rest of the field is ready because that's first fruits. Now, now there's, a, there's a gap period, and we come to what's called Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is not a Hebrew word. It's a Greek word. Pentecost means 50. And so, uh, Pentecost is the time of the uh, birth of the church. Now, now where we're at now, because a lot of people ask me, where do you think we're at now? We are between the festival of Pentecost, which is the church age, or the dispensation of the grace of God, as it's known, and the next festival in order is trumpets. Now, if I can say something here, because you told me just kind of go with the flow and obey. There are people who believe, and they're good people, by the way, but they believe that the Lord comes in the middle of the seven-year tribulation period, which means that tribulation begins, and then what we call rapture is in the middle. There's others, and one of my very dear friends believes this, that there's a seven-year tribulation that we go through, and then we have the, the blowing of the trumpets, the sound of the great shofar, the gathering of the elect, etc., Here's the problem with that. God is such a God of divine order. He never changes His divine order. And the order of the festivals cannot be altered. Now, here's the big one. Ready for the big one? Okay. If you look at the order of the next festival, it is trumpets. If you have the tribulation... I'll tell you what. Before we get to that, I have to ask you this question. Why is it important for a believer to understand what is in the Old Testament. After all, we have have a better covenant with a better, uh, mm-hmm. you know, revelation. The new covenant message, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the ultimate message to get people saved and into heaven. But what do you do after people have been saved? There's a depth of knowledge and understanding that can only come through the entire study of the Word of God. Now, I like, it, I like to say it this way. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. In other words, let me say it to you this way. Christ, or Yeshua, the Messiah, the reason that we believe He is the Messiah has to be the prophecies. Number one, we have a whole group of people who saw Him crucified, who saw Him buried, and who saw Him raised from the dead. So we have actual eyewitnesses who gives us the reports in detail of what happened when He rose from the dead on the third day. Then we have something else. We have the testimony of a, a, a Pharisaical rabbi named Saul of Tarsus who hated Christians to the point he's murdering them, but all of a sudden he becomes a believer because he sees Yeshua appear to him right there saying, why are you kicking against me? And he has a radical conversion that literally overnight turns him into a believer and a follower of the Messiah to the point he's willing to be beheaded in Rome. Something happened that this man saw and experienced that was so real that he could not deny it. I will not name the man, but I have a very dear friend of mine who was a practicing Muslim for 50 years. He can read the Quran. He knows the Hadith in detail. I mean, can quote it like this. But you know what happened? He was in a hospital dying and had 24 hours to live. And the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him at the foot of his bed. He thought it was a doctor. And he, he was saying, they're saying, who are you? And he said, I'm the Messiah. And the man said, which one? Because <laughs> he didn't know. He said, which one? You know, because the Muslims have a Messiah, the Mahdi, uh. the Christian, you know. And so he said, I am Yeshua, Hamashiach. I'm the Messiah and the only true and living Messiah. And he said, okay, I have some questions for you. He said, if you're the Messiah, how can Allah have a son? How can God have a son? And the Lord explained to him 
the Son of God and how that worked. Every question that a Muslim, a practicing Muslim would have, he asked those questions to him and he answered it in detail. The next day, he was out of the hospital. He's still living today and loves the Lord. Perry, yes, when we come back, this is so important. I want to know a little bit about the future. The last three biblical feasts reveal the return of Messiah. Be right back. Get ready to reserve your place on the Sid and Joyce Roth Appointment in Jerusalem Israel Tour, April 11 through the 21st, 2019. See Israel through Jewish eyes and experience the presence and the glory of God in the most supernatural place on earth. Every bus will be hosted by someone who operates in the supernatural. I'm lining up the most supernatural speakers on earth to minister to you. I mean, people like Keith Ellis, Diane Nutt, Kevin Zadai, many others. And we'll be having a supernatural glory of God Passover Seder meal. Don't miss out on going with Sid Roth on this Israel tour, April 11 through the 21st, 2019. The reservations are filling up fast at this special inclusive low price. So call now for the free brochure at 1-800-929-4684. Please specify the Sid Roth Israel trip when you call or visit our website at sidroth.org Israel. Come experience God's presence like never before. you, but I am ready to ask Perry Stone to break the code of the last three biblical feasts. Now, you, when we go into the book of Revelation, or we go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, also chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 15, here's the basic order of what I believe is going to happen. We do know there's going to be a return of Christ for the called out ones, the ecclesia of the church, the overcomers, those who have followed Him faithfully. Now, the, the term we use is, and it's, a, it's, a, it's out of the Latin translation of the Bible, which is no problem. It's just the word rapture, okay? So we have the rapture. Now, we do know also in the prophetic future is the tribulation period. We then know in Revelation chapter 19, in Zechariah chapter 14, and other places in Scripture, we do know that Messiah, Christ, at the end of the tribulation returns with the saints of God and the armies of heaven to the earth to rule from the city of Jerusalem. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Here's the real code right here. We talked about this just a little bit earlier, and we stopped and got into some other things, so pay attention. You cannot break the order of the festivals. It is impossible. God will not allow the order to be broken. You cannot come from Pentecost to atonement and then tabernacles and then throw the trumpets in there. You have to maintain the divine order. The next absolute festival that must be fulfilled, which has not had a fulfillment yet, is the festival of trumpets. Now, here's what's important to understand. Of all the festivals mentioned in the, the five books of Moses called the Torah, the, fest, the, the blowing of trumpets is the most mysterious. There's only two verses about it in the whole Torah. Right. I mean, it's really weird. And it just says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to have one day that you're going to blow trumpets. It's going to be a holy convocation. It's going to be no work. And then he gives you this detail about the day of atonement, which is 10 days later. Then he talks to you about tabernacles, which is five days later. Here is what I want to tell you. If you believe, and I'm not fussing with people about this. I'm not in a a disagreement. We're just going to make a point. But if you're mid-trib or post-trib, you have this problem. You are already into the tribulation when the trumpet sounds. And atonement, trumpets is the rapture. 
Atonement is the judgments of the tribulation, and tabernacles is the 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth. That is the order in the book of Revelation. Now, some would disagree with me, but in chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation, where John says, I heard a voice of a trumpet, and that voice said, Come up here, and immediately I was in the Spirit. There's your, there's your trumpets. There's your blowing of the trumpets. There's, there's the festival of trumpets. You come later on, and you start seeing the, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the vile judgments, and there's always the number 7 connected with them. There's six judgments, but the seventh is always a transition, but the number seven is connected with them all. There's your tribulation period. Then at the end of the tribulation, Mystery Babylon is destroyed, the city ruling over the kings of the earth. And then we read that the heavens open and the Messiah Jesus comes back on a white horse and the armies of heaven are following him upon white horses. So here, this is really important you hear this because it would, if people would understand the order, the coded order of the festivals, it would do away with a lot of the confusion and controversy we have on are we mid-trib or are we post-trib? Because you have to have the blowing of the trumpets. And, the, and I hear people say, well, you know, the Bible says that the sound of the last trumpet will be changed, and we know what the last trumpet is. It's there in the book of Revelation. It's the seventh angel sounding the seventh trumpet. No, that's the trumpet of angels. This trumpet's called the trumpet of God in 1 Thessalonians. It's two different things. The interesting thing is in Jesus' day, and here's the phrase, no man knew the day or the hour hmm. because it was a 48-hour window for the Festival of Trumpets. It's the only festival that you did not know the day or the hour. Well, that gives us all sorts of clues. Yeah, it's, it's, that, these, are, these are nuggets. These are clues You said connected. something interesting. I, as, as a traditional Jew, as a child growing up, I never could understand it all together. Mm -hmm. But I knew one thing. I had to be there for the blowing of the shofar on Russia show. Exactly. My father said, you don't have to know anything else. You just have to be there. <laughs> because that is the great celebration. Now, here's good news for all the Baptists and Pentecostals who love to go eat on Sunday after church. <laughs> <laughs> you know we do. You know we do. The marriage supper of the Lamb, based on the patterns and the code, is going to last one solid year. And here's the reason why. Every seventh day is a Shabbat of rest. Every seventh year is a Shemitah year, and so it will be a heavenly Shemitah in, in heaven, and we have to have celebration, a celebration, festival, and rest for that seventh year. So for those of you who enjoy eating, you have a whole year. <laughs> so the point is, one of the things that the Lord has had me do over the years is He's had me to... To, to delve into the mysteries of God, to tie it together, this verse with this verse, this history with this history. Oh, that happened. I didn't know that. Tie it in. And to really show people that God is so detailed, but He's easy to understand. And, and hopefully, and I, and I get comments on this to God be the glory. They'll say, you know, I read your book, but it's so detailed, but I can understand it. Or the CDs, they're detailed, but I can understand it. So that's what I try to do. I want people to understand uh, because you will really believe there is a God. You will really believe this is not an accident. This Bible is not just a fake book. This book really was inspired by a being from another world, and it's the Almighty God, Yahweh. So that's what I want people to, to, to learn and know. There is so much that I want to cover with Perry. And we've prepared an extended version of this program. If you want to see the extended content with Perry, all you have to do is log on to SidRoth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. When we come back, Perry, 
you had recently mm -hmm. an angel appear in mm -hmm. a service mm -hmm. that gave you revelation mm -hmm. on the glory and what it is. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I'm kind of an expert in this area. I have never heard this before. Be right back. Call now and get Perry Stone's powerful revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, plus his three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts, plus his bonus audio CD teaching, Revealing God's Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9556. In this groundbreaking yet easy to understand revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, and the anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts. Perry Stone will share with you amazing insights into the prophetic layers that encode the future. You will see how God has detailed future events in the fall feasts and celebrations of Israel. Topics include God's best kept secret concerning the future prophetic events that will impact planet Earth, the progression of Revelation, the Exodus Code, the Tribulation Code in Gideon's story, prophetic secrets hidden in the parables, the Armageddon Code hidden in the book of Esther, the future hidden in the fall feasts of Israel, the awesome revelation discovered in Genesis 22, and so much more. You will also receive Perry Stone's bonus audio CD, Revealing God's Glory. In this teaching, Perry addresses the questions, what is the glory of God? What happens when the glory of God arises? How can we tap into the glory of God? When you listen to that CD, you will see the glory of God. It is important to understand this teaching to better prepare you for the tsunami of God's glory about to invade planet Earth. If you are really concerned about the future and if you really want to know what's going to happen, this is an instruction manual for the last days, for the end time, and for Bible prophecy. It's important that right now you get this entire series because it's going to open your eyes to insight and revelation that you need to hear in this day and in this season. Don't miss out on getting Perry Stone's powerful revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, plus his three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts, plus his bonus audio CD teaching, Revealing God's Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9556. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9556 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Now, as most of you know, I know there's going to be a suddenly of God's glory that's going to change the whole paradigm of planet Earth. But Perry just recently was teaching at a church and his family angel whispers, I understand, in your right, your right ear, ear always in your Lord. right ear, began teaching you about the glory. And I have never heard some of the things that came out of your mouth. Tell me some of the revelation you have. Okay, let me go through this and explain the service. We were, uh, I had the message already planned. We have, we have a Holy Spirit gathering every Sunday night in all of our meetings. And we pray for people that want to receive the baptism of the Spirit. When I walked into the, it's the Princeton Pike Church of God in Hamilton, Ohio. Anyone watching that was there will know what I'm talking about. And I walked over to my associate, Robbie James, and every hair on my body stood straight up for no reason. And I looked at Robbie. I said, Robbie, it's going to be different tonight because he's here. 
And Robbie said, man, when you just said that, he said, something walked right by me on the aisle and all my hair stood up. Now, he never felt he'd been with me, but he said, I feel the atmosphere, but I've never felt what you talk about, where right. when the angel walks, the, the hair on that side of your body stands up. Then if he walks on this side and you can. OK, so so I had no notes. I had zero notes. And I said, God. You have something for me, so what is it? So I start, I came off the platform. I said, I'm not preaching at the platform. I'm going to start talking. And with, with no notes, not even a Bible open, I started getting downloads. And the only, way to, the only way to describe this is if you were to take a laptop and plug the plug in here and hit a button and transfer what's written into Audible. I can't describe it any other way, but it's always my right ear. In other words, I hear right through here. This stays totally blank. And I think it goes to the principle of Jesus is on the right hand of God. Right. The angel appeared at the altar in Zacharias, the right side of the altar. There's something about that. And I don't want to go into all the explanation there. So I began to talk about, and I want to share this very quickly. When Moses asked God to show him his glory, he'd already seen 10 plagues. He saw the Red Sea open. How much more glory do you want? I mean, think about it. No, think about it. He, this guy has just tore the whole Egyptian empire up with God using miracles. So in Exodus, God says, I can't show you my face, but I will turn my back and you'll see my hinder parts. Now, I believe the King James says hinder parts. Mm -hmm. That always confused me because I said, OK, so he saw the shoulder blades of God and that was the glory of God. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, to me, because the face is where the glory is. Right. And I looked up the Hebrew word and it actually can mean, and I checked this out with some scholars. They said, yeah, the way that word is, it can, it can mean, I'm gonna, and I'm going to transliterate this to where we can understand it. I will show you something in the distance or I will show you something about the future. Now get ready for this because that changes the whole. It changes the whole perspective. So in other words, God says, "I'm going to I'm going to cover you. I'm going to veil you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lift the veil off of you, and you're going to see something about the future." I believe that the Lord showed me, and, and look, folks, this is the abbreviated version. Now He'll have the information on the whole thing because this is abbreviated. Moses later comes off of that mountain with his face glowing. Now, he'd been on that mountain forty days before and came off of that mountain. His face was not glowing. This experience caused him to glow. They veiled his face. Remember that? Right. Okay. Why was his face? Well, did he see the glory? Yes, but what did he see? He went into the future. He went to the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, we know that. That says he because was there. He was but there. Just say, you he went in the he, he stepped into the future to that place where the glory of the Messiah was so on the Messiah that it came on him. What, what God is saying is Moses stepped into the future. I'm wondering yeah. if many of us are going to have experiences like Well, that. basically a vision that comes from the Lord mm. is a vision takes you out into that dimension. And it's really the glory dimension. Because when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, what he talked about, he said the glory filled the temple. You've heard a lot here. I mean, and, and some of you, it's hard to even digest, but that you've not only heard, but you have felt a tug of the Spirit of God. If you will, a touch, a splash of the glory of God has just came on you. If you say, I do not really know this Messiah of Israel, I really want to know him. You could have been in synagogue and church and a mosque all your life. But I don't know him. Repeat this prayer and believe it to the best of your ability. 
home and studio audience, repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. Against you and you alone have I sinned. And I'm so sorry. I believe the blood of Jesus washes away my sins. And I am clean. And now that I am clean, I ask Jesus to come and live inside of me. Become my Lord. Give me experiential knowledge of you. Give me experiential Amen. See at SidRoth.org. Only someone like Perry Stone, who understands Israel, the Jewish roots, and studied the Bible for over 80,000 hours and has a supernatural gift of teaching, can help you unlock and understand the appointed times of the seven feasts of Israel so you can be prepared for the end time events about to occur on planet Earth. Call now and get Perry Stone's powerful revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, plus his three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts, plus his bonus audio CD teaching Revealing God's Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9556. In this groundbreaking yet easy to understand revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, and the anointed three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts, Perry Stone will share with you amazing insights into the prophetic layers that encode the future. You will see how God has detailed future events in the fall feasts and celebrations of Israel. Topics include God's best kept secret concerning the future prophetic events that will impact planet Earth, the progression of Revelation, the Exodus Code, the Tribulation Code in Gideon's story, prophetic secrets hidden in the parables, the Armageddon Code hidden in the book of Esther, the future hidden in the fall feasts of Israel, the awesome revelation discovered in Genesis 22, and so much more. You will also receive Perry Stone's bonus audio CD, Revealing God's Glory. In this teaching, Perry addresses the questions, what is the glory of God? What happens when the glory of God arises? How can we tap into the glory of God? Also, Perry's free bonus CD, and as far as I'm concerned, there is revelation knowledge in this CD. I don't believe even Perry Stone knew. He literally had an angel whispering in his ear on this service, and the presence of God is so amazing. And I think when you listen to that CD, you will see the glory of God. It is important to understand this teaching to better prepare you for the tsunami of God's glory about to invade planet Earth. If you are really concerned about the future and if you really want to know what's going to happen and you want to know the mysteries of God, let me tell you, this is an instruction manual for the last days, for the end time, and for Bible prophecy. It's important that right now you get this entire series because it's going to open your eyes to insight and revelation that you need to hear in this day and in this season. Don't miss out on getting Perry Stone's powerful revelatory book, Breaking the Code of the Feasts, plus his three-part audio CD teaching series, Mysteries of the Feasts, plus his bonus audio CD teaching, Revealing God's Glory. This is an exclusive offer for our rich supernatural audience. Yours for a donation of $39. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 9556. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's 
Supernatural. P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 9556 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Harry Stone, I, I have found out so much about you that a lot of people find out when you speak in front of a group, right. but they don't really find out by watching you on television. Right, true. Tell me the first time you felt the presence of God. Oh, I, I can remember that like it was yesterday. I was 11 years of age at a Church God camp meeting in Roanoke, Virginia, Open Air Tabernacle, and T.L. Lowry, who was one of my mentors later, uh, was praying for the sick. I've interviewed him. Yep. And he now, long- I'd have to interview him in heaven now. If yeah, I that's right. He's in heaven. He's in heaven. <laughs> he had a long prayer line, and I was up on the platform. I don't even know why I was up on the platform. I was 11 years of age, but I was up there, and it may have been youth night. But anyway, there's a man that comes through, and he's got a cane, and this leg is totally stiff. You can tell the man's really hurting. He can't move his leg. And when Brother Larry prayed for the man, now this is the part that fascinated me. The man fell out under the power of God and literally bounced up like a rubber ball. I mean, this way. Well, it, it, I, I, in I've the natural, seen, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I knew, how did he do that? Then he starts shaking this leg and he starts screaming, I'm healed. And Brother Larry was notorious for either taking a cane and breaking it or throwing it. And he would. Of course, a couple of times he got a hold of an oak cane he couldn't break. Now that was a hoot. <laughs> anyway, he threw, he threw the cane, he threw the crank cane, and, ob- and, and I, I, I remember almost ducking because I said, man, he's going to hit me with that cane. And the man started yelling, shaking his leg, and ran at full speed around that big tabernacle. Now, I was raised in a church. My dad, when I was five years of age, I saw a demon spirit at age five. My dad was casting the devil out of a boy on a Sunday night service, and it came out like a blob out of his mouth. It was about this long, but I didn't know what I saw, and it didn't, it didn't really scare me because I didn't know what it was, and I thought, ooh, what was that that just came out of his mouth? Not a bubble, a blob. So I'd, I'd been connected with men who knew how to walk in the Spirit, cast out spirits, pray in the Holy Ghost, but when, 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 when that man was healed, I felt God's presence for the first time all over me. And it's kind of like the feeling you get, like if, if you've ever had, I don't like to call them, you know, when you had a football game, it's goosebumps, and when the anointing hits you, it's ghost bumps. That's what I always say. It's not goosebumps. But you get that feeling, and it came all over me. And I remember I started crying because I felt, I, I, at that point, I knew there was a God. I never doubted. I even prayed. But there's something that really happens to a person. We had a mentoring thing with our young people last night, and I said to them, what makes, it, what makes the difference between a group of people who just are church people, good people, but they have no fire, and they don't burn for the Lord, versus people that are just so on fire and they can't get enough? And one of my young people says, one of the things is accountability. There's a whole generation that want no accountability, but said, Papa, they call me Papa, they said, you hold us accountable all the time. You ask us, do y'all still have the victory or are you just faking it? You know, and we have prayer meetings. So you have to have the accountability of someone, but your accountability person, if they are not spiritual, you'll not be spiritual. And if they're not in the Word, you won't be in the Word. So it's not just being accountable, it's having accountability to people who have a walk with the Lord. But the second thing is this. There has to be, and we're 
this generation has to have it. The young people of this generation, they're keyed into uh, haunted, uh, you ever watch TV, all the haunting things. I mean, look, that's the, be- that's the biggest fake. They got some guy behind a door hitting, oh, what was that? Oh, you know, and the music's going. It's crazy. But they're into that. They're into the haunted movies. They're into the spirit world. They're into vampires. They're into werewolves. And what people don't understand, we look at that as negative, and it is, but we're missing that there's a hunger for the unknown and the supernatural. And the thing is, the, 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 the part... The part that disturbs me in being in four generations of, of full gospel ministry is a generation coming up that's not emphasizing that at all. So basically, if we have really good music that attracts a crowd, if the speaker can really speak, then we're happy. So we leave a packed out building, a mega church, and we're happy with that. But the problem is if, if those people have never had a real heavy experiential encounter with the Spirit of God. Because once you, you do, that's it. where the hunger of the supernatural that, that, this comes This is what, what I'm getting. What, comes in what I'm getting from Perry, the reason he is who he is today mm-hmm. is because he had an experience that's right. with the living God. Yeah. And, and experience, someone can walk up to you with a sword and say, deny Jesus or I'll cut your head off, and you'll say, you want me to go to a better place than this right now? You really want to bless me that much? Go for it. Now, now, I'm teasing a little bit, but I'm not teasing you. We're living in a world that everything is screaming, don't believe in Jesus. Don't be a bold witness for Jesus. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I had an encounter mm-hmm. with God when I first became a believer, and if I never had another encounter, which I've had, but if I've never had another encounter, it would have been enough. Yeah. And the missing ingredient in Christianity is it has become a history lesson yeah, and yeah. How, to, how, how to react emotionally. Uh-huh. I want to touch the living God. Yeah, and yeah, nothing yeah. short of that. Nothing yeah. short of that. Well, I want to I tell, tell you an experience I remember. And again, like partners of our ministry who've kept up with our ministry know these things. But like you said, the TV audience doesn't. But when I was 18 at that same campground, and I had been on a real long fast, I was called into the ministry and was getting ready to travel. I was getting invitations to go to churches and preach. The youth choir was singing, and the power of God just fell. I don't know if you've ever been to a service where the power of God just comes all over the entire place. And the power of God fell, and I was at the altar. I came off the steps, and we had wooden benches. Like, picture just a wooden bench, and those were the altars. Sid... Before God in heaven, this happened. I turned to walk from that step this way, and I was on the altar committee as a teenager, so I was praying with people. And in the corner of the altar, now I didn't imagine this, I didn't dream it, I saw it. And it was as white as your shirt. That's a blue shirt, but it was white. And it was about that tall, and it had a top, and it went narrowed at the bottom. It was a whirlwind of the glory. I mean, smoke, glow. And I, now, I can't explain this, but when I caught it out of the corner of my eye, in less than one one-hundredth of a second, this came into my mind, and then this came into my mind. What is somebody doing smoking here? They can't be smoking. This is a church campground. It came in a second because I caught it, and when I looked, it was spinning. I didn't know what to do, so I took my right hand, 
I can still feel this to this day. Hallelujah. And I hit it. When I hit it, it dissipated, just like a... Like if you'd see smoke and you'd run your hand mm-hmm. through the smoke and you had lights and you could see the movement. It dissipated and my hand caught on fire, not a burning, a painful burning, but a lick, like a liquid fire, you might say, inside the bone, not the outer skin, the inside. Now, my little brother, who's now in his 50s, can verify this. That's the last thing I remember. I cannot, if you were to say, Perry... We'll, we could, we'll, we'll build you a, a youth camp, pay for it, if you'll tell us what happened in the next hour. I could not tell you what happened. Immediately, I was in the Spirit, and that's all I remember. And when I came to, there was 150 to 200 people laying out on the concrete, all on their back, shaking and praying. And I, and I asked my brother what happened. I, I did know that I had, didn't have a jacket on, a suit jacket. I, I was totally soaking wet because it was in the summer. My suit, shoes were wet. My muscles were aching. And I'll explain that in a minute. And he said, you just prayed for all those people, and everybody you touched fell out. You had no memory of it? I have no memory of it. <laughs> no memory of it. And uh, I, I, said, I said, are you serious? They said, man, you were like a wild man. And said, you just... Well, you haven't changed. <laughs> That's what they tell me. But he said, he said, even when you got near them, the power of God was so strong that when you'd walk by, they'd fall out. Now, it wasn't me. What happened was the Holy Spirit's in me, but there was a manifestation of the glory of God that overwhelmed the atmosphere, came into that atmosphere. And for the life of me, and so God began to teach me about when you get in the realm of the Spirit. Uh, John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, heard a voice, and immediately he was caught up. So in other words, he gets in the Spirit and he gets caught up immediately. And that's what happened. I was immediately caught up into something, into another zone, into another realm. Now, my daddy, uh, and it's, you asked me earlier off camera, where did this come from? A lot of it probably come from my father, who was, he was the most spiritually minded man, and I saw him operate in all nine gifts of the Spirit. He's the only man that I know that in one service, seven of nine gifts operated. Yeah, you know, he Literally. just picked up what was going through my mind right now. Uh-huh. He told me at lunch yeah. about his father's yeah. friend. Oh my goodness! And I, and I, I mean, I am overwhelmed. What was what his was, uncle? It was his R- uncle. Rufus what was uncle. yeah? What, what what was his education level? He had a third grade education. When he would write his name, he'd draw an X there, and his daughter would have to fill his name in. In 1933, he had a brain tumor. Went to John Hopkins Hospital. They said, if we operate, you'll be a vegetable or die. They sent him home. He said, I'll die in the mountains. He's from War, West Virginia, Welch War, English area, Bartley area. And three days after he got back, he's, he told me this himself. I'm digging potatoes in a potato patch. I feel a wind come. The wind spins on me, knocks, knocks me down, doesn't hurt me, but throws me on the ground. And I, I start praying. And he said, the more I prayed, the better I felt. He said, all the br- headaches started leaving. The pressure started leaving. The nausea started leaving. And he said, then I started asking God to forgive me my sins because he wasn't a, wasn't a real believer at that hmm. time. So when he started repenting, the Spirit of God, he said, I looked up and there's no wind in the trees, but it's all around me. Woo, just spinning like this, spinning like this. And he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and started quoting the Bible. He couldn't even read it. <laughs> and, and his wife came out. His, his wife's name was Mamie. Mamie comes out of the house. And the kids said something like this. Oh, Mama, is Daddy dead? 
the brain is, she thought the brain tumor had ruptured. Right. And she screamed out when she heard him speaking in tongues because she was Pentecostal. She says, no, he's not dead. He's just starting to live. <laughs> okay. Now, here's, here's, here's what he could do. And I've preached in West Virginia the past two years. And I've had people who knew him personally who told me these stories. They said, well, I know for a fact, God gave him the gift of divers' tongues to the point that in War, West Virginia, where the, the, in Welch, where the coal mines used to be, they called it the billion-dollar coal mines, and those cities had thousands of coal miners, tens of thousands. I mean, they were booming with money. This is back in the 50s, 40s and 50s. Rufus had a guy that was an Italian Catholic from Italy who could speak only broken English, and you couldn't understand him. And Rufus would say to his buddies, I need to go down there and talk to him about the Lord. And he would speak Italian, never learned it, drinking a cup of coffee, speaking Italian. And my dad said he could speak seven languages, Italian, Greek, um, Latin. Oh, he was fluent in Latin. His Latin was so now, perfect. Now, this is, comes out like tongues. Oh, it's, it's he, a language well, to, of to, tongues. Yeah, to him, he's speaking in tongues, right. but he knows it's diverse tongues. And when he was in the hospital in 1976 in West Virginia, his, he, was in a, he was in a semi-coma state. Now, he would come out and mumble and say things, but he wouldn't open his, up, up his eyes and talk. And so Mamie, his wife, went home to refresh herself and come back to the hospital. She gets back. There's four doctors, and they got notepads making notes. And they're thinking, oh, my goodness, something's happened. She walks in, and she says, is he okay? They said, yeah, he's okay, but, you know, he keeps coming out. He don't come out fully, but he comes out, and he starts speaking in Greek and Latin. And she said, well, what's he saying? They said, well, we took Greek and Latin in med school. And she says, everything's about the Messiah and the prophecies. He'll quote Isaiah. He'll quote another one. And said, we're just making notes here. They said, now, let me ask you a question. Said, did he ever teach at a theological university? (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is hilarious. And she said, well, why would you say that? She said, he said, because for a man to speak perfect Latin and perfect Greek, his Greek is perfect. He has to have a very high education. But we never knew when we saw him come in the hospital. Where did he go to school? She said, he went to the school of hard knocks up in the mountains. <laughs> and and, and when, they, when, she said, when she told him that he's filled with the Holy Spirit in the 1930s, healed of a brain tumor, and speaks in tongues with third education, it spooked the doctors so bad, they, they literally ran out and would not talk to her. It scared them so bad because they said, okay, this, can, this can't happen. But it did happen. Uh, you know, Perry... Mm. Uh, I've got to do a live show with you one-on-one of just the, the experience. Like, you know that I knew your dad because you, you and your dad Came flew to into my office mm-hmm. in Georgia, Georgia. I, when I was doing just radio. Yeah, sure and did. I did a radio show with Perry Stone. Uh, Perry's, uh, uh, and, and Fred Stone, his dad, is now in heaven. Mm-hmm. And his dad prophesied over me. And this is what his dad said. Sid, I see you on the air speaking in tongues, and people in other countries will know what yeah. you're saying. You'll be speaking their language. This happened to me only once. Uh, I had a little home Bible study, and a Filipino doctor wow. and his wife came, and they were Catholic, and the wife had gotten born again and was on fire for Jesus. Mm. She said, could you lead my husband to the... But he was a real intellectual. He was a professor at a medical school. Well, one day I felt like putting my hand on him and praying in tongues, and I did. 
And he looks at his wife and he gets angry. And he said, you taught him how to say that. He, he, was up, he knew his wife was up to something. And she said, no. And then he said, because so smart, he said, no, you could not have taught him because your dialect is different than my Filipino dialect. And he spoke in my dialect hey, that it's time for you to believe in Jesus. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Um, Eye has not seen, oh. ear has not heard, oh, my, my, my. all that God has in store for us. You get ready yeah, yeah, for yeah. the suddenly of the glory yes. of God. Yes. Yes.